Sangha. Well, well, well. I'm on just a couple minutes beforehand. Just trying to, you know, do something a little bit different. Y'all, wait till I tell y'all this story, though. The story is going to be crazy, right? So we just give people time to kind of come on. Um, just really excited about doing the show tonight. Extremely excited about doing this. Um, it almost didn't happen, though. Almost did not happen. You know, um, just so grateful and so thankful um, for just being here. You know, um, God is just simply awesome and amazing. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for just life. I'm thankful for being here. You know, I just want to say welcome to everyone um, who is coming on. Um, I'm just so grateful and so thankful to be here tonight. Y'all, wait till y'all hear about this story. This is like really just go crack you up because I got a story for today. Um, but again, welcome to the I Am Broken podcast. I'm your host, Robin. Just want to say thank you for taking the time to join me tonight. You know, um, I don't know what your week has been like so far. It's only Tuesday, I know, but I hope you all had a good weekend. Um, you know, we got Father's Day coming up this weekend. So, you know, that should be an awesome time as well for the men to be celebrated. And ladies, you know, if you have someone that's decent and that's good in your life, show up for them this weekend because they deserve to be celebrated just like we're celebrated on Mother's Day. The fathers, the men deserve to be celebrated on Father's Day as well. Thank you, Coco, for tuning in. Um, funny story. But before I get into that, let me just say a quick word of prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight. Just want to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, Father God. Thank you for all that you are, Father God. I just want to give you glory. I want to magnify and lift up your holy name because apart from you, I can't do anything, but through you, I can do all things. And I thank you for just slowing down time for me and for just a moment today, Father God. And so, Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for your spirit. And I thank you for the angels. I thank you for those that will tune in. And I thank you for those that will go back and listen. Now, I ask that you just be my words, Father God. I'm just a vessel, Father God. Use me in the way you deem fit. It's in the name of your son, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, you know, welcome to the I Am Broken podcast. I'm your host, Robin. Just thank you for taking the time out to entertain me for this little bit of time that I'm going to be on here tonight. You know, last week, you know, I was I was being petty last week. I'm not going to be as petty this week. Um, and I'm kind of not trying to attack the men this week. But, you know, again, we was talking about them ships. And, you know, it's been some ship <laughs> since the ships. Uh, so, but this week, you know, I have an interesting topic and I thought it was just befitting to kind of like go along and coincide with what I was talking about last week. I don't know why I've been on it, but you know, Hey, but again, 
I got a funny story before I even go into this, right? So this podcast almost didn't happen tonight. Let me tell you why. So now I know I have two bags. I have my work bag and then I have my bag that has all my podcast stuff in it, right? Y'all, can we just say that I only uncovered on my way here that I didn't have my stuff to talk about tonight. I had to go all the way home and I almost didn't make it back here, but I made it back here on time with time to spare. I got, got to give God the glory because I had to pray all the way back here and he just cleared the pathway for me to come tonight to be able to talk about this. So somebody must need to hear what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Again, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join me tonight. Um, tonight's topic is unpacking your baggage. I'm going to let that marinate for a minute because you're never going to meet someone that doesn't have any baggage. Matter of fact, you still got baggage. If truth be told, we all got a little bit of baggage, some more than others, um, myself included, because, you know, this is always going to be for me first before I ever give it to you. Right. So. What baggage are you carrying into and onto your ships? I'm going to let that one sit right there, too, because, again, what are you taking into it? What are you carrying on to it? However you want to look at it. But anyway, how are you packing for another trip but have not packed, unpacked from the last trip? Okay, I got to just, I, I got to stop with that one right now you know um because it's interesting have you guys been on trips where you have suitcases right and so sometimes you don't come home and unpack right away right y'all i got a suitcase right now from when i went home for memorial day weekend it's got a little outfit still in there some shoes still in there but when you think about the things that you carry into relationships or whatever kind of ship, you know, whatever kind of ship, right? You're going to come with something. There's going to be some residue of something, especially if you haven't given yourself that time to heal in between, right? And a lot of times we pack and have an unpack. So now you've carried... So you still got residue from the previous. Now you got some new stuff on top of that stuff that you're trying to take into something new. Anyway, so some of the things that you might have not unpacked could be childhood trauma, trust issues, past relationships, insecurities, commitment issues, inability to communicate problems or issues. Some people want the cosmetics of the relationship, but don't want to let go of certain parts of their own lives. And what I mean by that is, is I know for most women, myself included, you know, I always wanted to get married. Well, OK, you want all the bells and whistles of planning a wedding, you know, all that good stuff. But you have some folks that like that whole concept, but then still want to hold on to certain parts of their singlehood or their singleness. You can't do that. When you decide to take that level or be in that level of commitment, 
you're not single anymore. You want to be single, then you should stay single. But most women want the frills. They want the husband. They want the kids. They want the house with the picket fence, the dog, and 2.5 kids, all that good stuff. But none of you have some of them still want to be able to. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have your own identity apart from your mate because you should. But when you decide to make that covenant or you want to enter into that level of covenant, then there are certain parts of your life that you can't still do. You can't still go and hang out with the girls whenever you feel like it. You're not single. You're married. So some people want the cosmetics of that, that relationship, but still want to hold on to certain parts of their life that they're not ready to commit to the covenant. And we can't do that. But anyway, let me move on. Baggage and distractions are burdens that can weigh us down and prevent us from receiving what God has for us. So when you have baggage and distractions, it's a burden. God don't want us burdened. We're supposed to carry our burdens to him. So why would you want something that's going to weigh you down? That's not what he wants for us. But anyway. My scripture tonight, Hebrews 12 and 1 says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So whatever can get your attention can influence you and whatever can keep your attention can master you. So now think about that. The things that trip us up, we to put that stuff off according to his word, because that's not what he desires for us. He does not desire for us to be tripped up and weighed down. Life already has its challenges and its issues. Don't be carrying more than what you should be carrying. I'm just saying, hey, everybody who just joined, thank you for joining. Tonight, we're talking about unpacking your baggage. I'm your host, Robin. Um, but again, like I said, he don't want us weighed down. Like life is already going to be hard and difficult. We don't have to make it even that much more difficult, but sometimes we do unpack. Y'all know I'm the Google queen and I Google everything. Right. So of course, you know, I got to do this little background stuff before I really like get into the meat and potatoes, right? Well, it is meat and potatoes, but you know, I always got a story for y'all. But anyway, unpack, it's a verb. That means it requires action. Open and remove the contents of a suitcase, bag, or package. Remove something from a suitcase, bag, or package. Analyze, that means something that is into its component elements. It means to decipher, explore, or examine in detail. So now when we think about unpacking, that's going to require you to do some work, put some action to that. So now when we don't take time to heal in between these, whatever relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship, whatever kind of ship it is, when you don't take that time after you, um, after it's ended, when you don't take that time for yourself, you just carry that over 
into the next situation. I shouldn't say situation, but you carry it over onto the next ship, whatever ship that is, right? The difference. You, did y'all know that there was a difference between luggage and baggage and a suitcase? A suitcase is a single object. Luggage and baggage are collective in general terms to refer to everything you carry with you when you travel. Yeah, that one right there kind of mess with me a little bit. So there's two types of baggage. You got checked luggage. That's in the cargo area of the plane. And then you have a carry-on referred to as cabin or hand luggage. Now, when you think about life and when you got different situations and ships going on, right? You got some that's been buried. That that's in the cargo area. You ain't trying to pull it out, not while the plane is in the air. Why? Because some things have to go under the plane. You can't put everything in the overhead, right? And then you have that carry-on. I like to look at that as something that you use when you are going into something new. When you're coming out of something old and into something new. And you got stuff in there that you didn't put in the suitcase to go in the cargo area. You decided to put it in the carry-on. Because, you know, there are certain things that we take on our carry-on when we're flying, you know, when we're on a flight. Anyway, baggage. When someone is still experiencing the residual emotional effects from past situations, that is what baggage is. So when we don't take the time to process right you don't take the time to get the healing that you need you're just carrying over excess residual don't nobody want to be bothered with all that but anyway god packed you on purpose for a purpose you may be living out of the wrong bag okay i got to unpack that so how many times have you been in situations where you might have forgotten something, right? And so let's just say you out with the girls or you going on a trip with the girls and you forgot, let's just say, your favorite sundress. Now, we all built differently. Some of us can wear somebody else's clothes. But it wasn't made for you. And everybody don't have the same body. So y'all get where I'm going with this, right? But anyway, so sometimes you could be living out of the wrong bag. That means that you're not even walking in your purpose. You're not even walking in his plan for you. Why? Because you're too busy trying to be over there in somebody else's stuff. And that's not even your calling. You weren't even called to that. But you're trying to be in in that bag and that's not where he has you at we each have a purpose it's a part of his plan for our lives right that is for us specific my path is not your path your path is not my path the path that he have set before me that is strictly for me same with you your path is strictly for you 
And see, and I'm real quick to tell people, don't stay in your lane. Don't come over here. It's no different when you have people running a race. They got lines for a reason for you to stay in it. You shouldn't be over here because that's not your team, right? So it's no different. So we were packed for a purpose. But sometimes we just be living out of the, the wrong bag. But anyway, all right. So what do you need to unpack? Now is where it's going to get good. Why? Because I gave y'all some of the meat and potatoes. Now I'm about to dive right in because you know I got stories for y'all, right? Unmet expectations. They're the silent killer of all relationships, which means it's not satisfied or fulfilled. Unmet needs. I'm going to just raise my hand right here. Because if you anything like me, I don't know how many times I've had unmet expectations. You know, I've had this conversation with a couple of my friends before, and we've kind of laughed about some things. But a lot of times we set ourselves up for stuff like that. You can't expect people to do and be like you because you, that's you. Everybody's not going to do what you do. Everybody's not going to be like you, like you would. Right. And so. How many times have you, like I know for me, if I was going to step out, it was because I was not happy. Something was not being fulfilled. Something was not being met. And usually, you know, it was me being stepped out on versus the other way around. It would take a whole lot for me to just cheat or decide that I was going to go dabble somewhere else, right? Again, unmet, unmet expectations. So when there, when there's a need that's not being fulfilled and satisfied, we tend to go look over there. When you really should be looking in here and stop expecting folk, people, things, places to fulfill a need. You need to look in here myself included. That's how you wind up in rebound relationships. The relationships you hop into right after a breakup to curb the loneliness and boost your self-esteem. So when you have unmet expectations, you wind up jumping into something else. This generation, and I shouldn't even use the term because it kind of gets, it's a pet peeve. It's become a pet peeve of mine. But I have never seen so many folks that scared to be by themselves. If you cannot sit with you, how do you expect somebody else to sit with you? I'm just saying, y'all, they go from one relationship to the next relationship. I've had this conversation with my nephews and other people that I know. Honestly, you haven't had that time to process. And how do you expect for someone to receive you when they are rebound. I'm sorry. If I wasn't your first choice, I'm not going to be your second, your third. Oh, wait, when you can get to me choice. Mm -mm, don't do that. Anyway, unresolved issues. Uh-oh. Not settled, solved, or brought to resolution. How many times have you stayed in situations longer 
and would not let go because you had no closure. So now when you have unresolved issues, that could be your family's DNA. Now, somebody said you should, when you meet people, you should spend time with their family. You should. They should spend time with your family so that they can see what they getting themselves into before you get into it. Why? Because that's going to tell you the good, the bad, and everything else in between. And it kind of, not to say that people can't change, because you know, you always going to have some of them folks that you related to that's going to always try to remind you of the stuff that you used to do. I'm just saying. Childhood trauma, daddy issues, previous past relationships. I know a lot of women today are struggling with daddy issues. My dad never claimed me until I was 15. For years, he said I was never his. That's what he told everybody, that I was never his. So when I first met him, I was 15 years old when I first met my dad. Now, I had my grandmother and my grandfather who stepped up. They were more like mom and dad. I'm the oldest grandkid third generation oldest, right? So I'm the oldest all over everybody. So the expectation is, is that I be the example for those that are coming up behind me, right? But I struggle. Um, you know, I was sexually molested by a man who wasn't related to me. Um, and there was years of my life stripped and taken from me. So the man who was really like my dad was my grandfather. And then when he passed, I struggled with that. I was so angry with God for taking him because it was just almost like, why did you take him? Like he was the only real man that I knew. And he was one of the greatest men I ever knew. I'm getting all excited talking about my grandfather because he really was all that y'all and then some to me. And so, you know, again, most of our women, I feel like are struggling with daddy issues because you didn't get that validation. You was not affirmed, but I'm here to tell you that whether you have a real life dad or not, or someone who stepped in to be dad or not, God has already validated you. He has already affirmed who you are. So it doesn't make a difference who walked out, who left and all that other stuff because you were affirmed when he went to the cross for you. Let me go. On. So again, unresolved issues will cause you to stay in situations or relationships longer than what you should. Why? Because you know when it's ended. You know when you need to walk away. And sometimes we just do ourselves a disjustice. We don't give ourselves no justice by staying in something that we should have let go a long time ago. And then we want closure. So we keep going back. Why? Why do we keep going back? Not fully giving yourself to someone new because of no closure. Y'all met this man. I told my friend Kim about him last weekend. As a matter of fact, we met in two. 2001. And we talked, long story short, I always felt like this man was supposed to be the man that I was supposed to be married to. 
well, I kind of talked about him a little bit last week when I talked about the narcissist. This is him. I knew him for like 20 plus years. We never met. And of course, I had other relationships in between him. But I always kept a part open in my heart for him, just in case. And I did that for years. How many of y'all have held on to people and things for years when you should have let them go a long time ago? That's me. Because even knowing him all that time, y'all, we never met face to face. So I was in love with a man that I never laid eyes on, that I never physically touched. And a lot of people ask me, how could you? That's that love thing, which we learned a while back, that that's one of the strongest emotions. Love will make you do some things that nothing else will make you do, but love will make you, it will cause you to do some things. But anyway, trauma bonds. My sister brought this one up to me, so I had to write it down. It's an unhealthy form of attachment that can significantly impact your relationships. So now the person who might be abusive, use manipulation tactics, cycles of abuse. Some, some people stay in abusive situations because they think it's love. Some equate abuse as love. Y'all know some folks that are in situations or been in relationships and the person was, I don't care if it was verbal or physical, abuse is abuse, right? And some women don't know anything. They think that's love. That's not love. God is love. And how do we know he's love? He's love because he sent his son to die for us. So he had a plan. Even when Adam and Eve messed up, he had a plan for us because of the love that he has for us. So now you have someone who might be the abuser in the situation, right? Or the relationship or the marriage, whatever. Um, you might have someone who is the abuser who will use different tactics to keep that other person coming back. Yeah. Coming back. Why? They're they, they controlling the, the situation. And if we're not too careful, you know, you'll, you'll give them a pass. Why? Oh, because this was just one time it happened. No, I'm inclined to believe that when somebody is abusive like that, there were signs before you got deep into it. You just chose to ignore it because you thought you could change it. And you thought it wouldn't be you until it was you. And I'm not condoning. I'm not knocking anyone. I'm not trying to put down anyone because I have been in situations or relationships where I was abused. Not physically, but verbally. And words have the power to kill or give life. So there was a lot of things that was killed in me. Taking those things from people who were not worthy or worth me even taking it from. But we do that because we have low self-esteem. We have no confidence. We've forgotten our worth and our value. And truthfully speaking, women can be abusive too. 
because it's not always the men that are abusive. The men just don't talk about it. Women talk about it, but the men don't talk about it. And it's sad because it's the truth. And again, some people equate abuse to love because that's what they know. And they think that's love. Y'all, mm -mm. I'm here to tell you that is not love. That is not who we were created to be. That is not what God created us to tolerate. And you should not tolerate. If you are in a situation like that and you don't feel like you have an outlet or you don't have no place to turn to, there are plenty of places and people that are out here who will help you. And y'all, let me just tell you. So I was married. And in my first marriage, um, interesting. So let me just tell y'all about my first husband. I had two, y'all. Do-overs, they don't really count. Anyway, that's a story within the story, right? So my first husband was verbally abusive. And we moved. And when we moved, I moved into a, I moved to an area where I was not near family, right? And let me just tell you how God will work on your behalf. And I knew that it was people praying for me that that's the only reason why me and my kids stayed safe because I was in an area where it was almost like living in Mayberry. They had one sheriff, a few police officers that worked for the sheriff. Everybody knew everybody in this town and they knew when you was not from there. So anyway, we moved, listening to him, trying to be the obedient wife, following my husband, whatever, whatever, moved to where he grew up at. And we were staying with his aunt, you know, and some things happened with her. She kicked us out. Now, keep in mind, we had no place to go. My kids were much younger at the time, so we were homeless. Nobody in my family knew I was. And I used to have to take my kids to like McDonald's or someplace like that, wash them up, clean them up, get them dressed for school, take them to school. And so somebody told me about a program down there, went to the little Salvation Army. And I'm going to just tell you how my sister is, y'all. See, nobody in my family knew what was going on because I didn't have access to a phone to call anybody or anything, right? My sister gets on the, the computer. And searches out for somebody with his last name. She found a woman who happened to be related to his dad, I believe. And she worked at the Salvation Army that I went to to get help. As soon as I walked in the place, the lady came out and she said, hi. I said, hi. I said, I'm here to get some help. I was told that, you know, to come here. You guys can help out. And she said, sure. She said, but you know what? She said, um, you're not from here, are you? And I looked at her. I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. And she said, um, when the last time you talked to your family? Now, if y'all anything like me, first thing I'm thinking about, oh, gosh, what's done happened in my family? Because it had been weeks since anybody in my family had talked to me. Why? Because I couldn't call anybody collect because they didn't, as, you know, at the time you call people houses. You didn't, cell phone wouldn't really all like that, right? So anyway, um, I said, I haven't talked to him in a while. And she said, 
you have a sister, don't you? I immediately started backing up like, wait, whoa, what you talking about? What happened with my sister? She said, I talked to your sister last night. And when she said that, I started crying, y'all. Tears just started rolling down my face. She said, your sister said for you to call her because nobody knows what's going on with you. And it was just, but that's the power of God in your life, even when you're not where you're supposed to be at. Because I had just gave my life to Christ and I hadn't really been on this path that long before this situation happened. Did I ever imagine in a, in a million years, I couldn't have ever imagined that I would be homeless, living out of my car, married with two kids. But my sister found this lady and told her to send me a message just to tell you how God will cover you and protect you. And so anyway, I was able to find a place for me and my kids. What did my ex-husband do? We only had one vehicle. He knew everybody in town and everybody knew him. What he would do, he would take the vehicle, be gone for days, y'all. Didn't call to see if me and the kids needed any food, if I had money, if, if nothing. I would have to call somebody to come take me to the grocery store and just different things like that. But anyway, long story short, moved. I had to move into a different place. And like I said, I was in an area where if something happened to me, he could have killed me, y'all, and took my kids and nobody would have ever been able to find them or find me. That's where I, that's what kind of place. And so I was always looking over my shoulder. But anyway, one night he decided that he was going to get a little aggressive with me. True story. I was talking to somebody that I knew who was helping me out in between times when he would be gone with the car and stuff like that. And I told her, I said, if the phone hangs up, I need you to call the police. Because I'm sitting on the couch, kids is in the room, sleep, because they got to get up and go to school. He was mad because I wouldn't take him to work. And then I wouldn't let him take my car to drive himself to work. I said, no, I don't know how you've been getting to work, but however you've been getting to work, that's what you need to, you better call one of them to come get you and take you to work. Because I'm not taking you and my car is not leaving this driveway. And so y'all, he decided to tower like over me, like he was going to do something to me. And I'm sitting on the couch. All I know is, is when I looked up again, he was like this, holding his nose. Blood was coming from his nose. Police came because the girl called the police like I asked her to. And he said, ma'am, we got a call. I said, yes, sir. I said, I need you to escort him and his things off the premises. Well, what happened? And I'm telling him what was going on. He said, well, you know, if he decides to press charges, I could take you to jail. I said, sir, I said I would have done the same thing. I felt like I had to defend myself. So I did what I needed to do. I said, my kids are in the room sleep. They got to go to school in the morning and I just don't have time for this. Can you please just take him off the premises? Y'all, I'm letting y'all know all my business tonight. He said, well, ma'am, he said. I don't see any marks on you. 
you daggone right you don't see none on me. He was still bleeding from his nose, y'all. I said, I tell you what, if you don't take him now, you'll be back. But this time when you come back, bring the paramedics and a stretcher because you're going to have to carry him up on out of here because I'm going to try my best to put him in the grave and his mama going to have to bury him after I'm done. And I meant it. I have never been nobody's punching bag. I grew up watching my mom go through a lot of different things as a child growing up. And I just refuse to be anybody's punching bag. You say whatever you want to say. You write words do hurt. But physically, no, I wasn't walking around with no black eye or no fat lip or no bruise. No, 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 no. Because that wasn't the first time he ever came at me. That was the second time. And he walked away damaged the first time, too. Y'all best could believe that. Right. And so the police took him. Next thing you know, y'all, I get a call the next day from the hospital talking about Mrs. Hill. I was like, yes, this is her. She said, um, we have your husband here at the hospital. He came in by ambulance last night. I was like, OK, what you calling me for? Well, you're the person he told us to call, said that you would come pick him up when he got released. Well, what you, what is he there for? Well, he came in because he got food poisoning. Oh, OK. Well, tell him that I said I'm not coming to get him from the hospital. He need to figure it out. So what did he do? He went and told his family that I tried to poison him. I said, y'all got to be the most dumbest folks on the face of the earth. Why? Because why would I poison the food that me and my kids going to eat? So now he didn't give me no credit because if I'm going to kill him, I'm just going to kill him. There's too many things out here where you've killed folks. Why would I poison the food? You're going to, what, for him to die slow? I didn't even cook for him at the time. He cooked for himself. But he accused me of poisoning the food and he getting food poisoning. Needless to say, when it all was all said and done with, there was a lot of things that happened thereafter. And I could this story could go on and on. And it's funny, too. But just to show you how God works, God only not only did he protect me, but he allowed me to come out of that. Right. And then he replaced everything that I lost. Because if it had not been, this dummy was going out and robbing people and bringing the stolen stuff to the place where we lived at. So do you understand that if the police had ever decided to raid where I was living, he, they could have taken me to jail and taken my kids. He didn't even think about that. But he, that's just to go to show you. See, that's what happens when you want something so bad that you will risk being disobedient even though you know that that's not something that you're supposed to be into. And I was disobedient. Why? Because I just wanted to be married so bad. And I had to be married before a certain time. Don't get caught up in that trap. But anyway, that's my story. Um, so trauma bonds, bonds are rooted in a person's innate need for attachment and security. So trying to make the wrong person the right person. He was wrong as two left shoes, but I still tried to see the good in him. He came from a home where his dad was much older than his mother. 
His mother didn't claim him or his brother. Matter of fact, this woman sat in my face and told, said, I wish you and your brother had never been born. What kind of mother tells her kids something like that? And I looked at her and I told her, excuse me, y'all, because I'm about to go there for just a moment. I said, you are a piss poor excuse of a mother because ain't no way in the world I would ever tell my son or my daughter, I wish you had never been born. And then you wonder why they out here all willy nilly doing crazy stuff to people because the trauma that they experience from you. So some of us don't encounter daddy issues. Some of us have mama issues. I'm just saying. So when we're trying to make the wrong person the right person, mm-mm, mm-mm. So it is better to wait for God to bring the right person to you than it is to wait for God to change the wrong person you brought to him. I just was trying to do according to what the word of God said, be that wife. Because at that time, that's what my life was rooted and grounded in was in his word. And so I was just trying to be a good wife, following the instructions of the word. But sometimes when you don't really know the word for yourself, you can get tripped up thinking that you're doing the right things for the wrong person. And y'all, just to show you how God works, he allowed me to go through some things because he wound up getting locked up, going back to prison. And while he was gone, God tested my faith. He wanted to see just was I going to do what his word said. And when the word came forth for me to get the release of that relationship, that marriage, that stronghold, that bondage that I was, I went and filed for a divorce. He tried to fight it, y'all. Keep in mind, we don't have no kids together. We don't have nothing together. Everything that I had acquired at this point, I acquired without it. His name wasn't on nothing. Not my vehicle, not the apartment I was living in. Everything that I bought, my place was furnished from front to back. And he almost cost me everything. But God gave me everything and then some. And the judge said, well, what y'all going to fight about? Who going to get the big fat bank account? Because y'all don't have no kids. Y'all don't have no assets. I said, I don't know. She said, well, since he contested the divorce from prison, y'all, he contested divorce. She said, I got to, I have to honor the contest. She said, but what I'll do is, is I will schedule this to come back through my court in two weeks. And I will grant you your divorce then. So I had to stay married an extra two weeks. To somebody who was locked up, have no clue about when he was ever getting out, really wasn't concerned about it. But I had to stay married to him. When we went back to court, now keep in mind, at that time I had my then best friend, my pastor's wife, first lady. They was in the courtroom with me. Praying while I was talking to the judge. They was back there praying in silence. 
for me. The lady said, Miss Hill, I'm going to grant your divorce. What is it that you want? I said, ma'am, I said, the only thing I want is my maiden name back. He can have his name back because it ain't did nothing but brought me hell. So I walked away with my maiden name and I never looked back. Why? Because God showed me that if you will trust me, yeah, you messed up, but I'll fix it. And you'll never look like what you was in and been through. So now to look at me, would y'all ever think that I stood and stayed in situations like that? No. But God still had a plan and he wasn't going to let anything else derail me from his plan and his purpose. But anyway, men slash women emotionally traumatizing other people because they do not want or have not dealt with their own trauma. So we got men out here emotionally traumatizing women and vice versa. Why? Because you don't want to deal with your own emotional trauma. It does not make it okay for you to come in and cause chaos in somebody else's life because you won't deal with the chaos in your own. And so when you don't take that time to heal in between relationships, situationships, friends with benefit ships, friendships, whatever kind of ship it is, whether it's a marriage that didn't work out right, whatever it is. When you don't take that time to sit with you, figure out, find out, get the healing and the deliverance that you need, you will carry that. You will scar somebody else. Now you have good people out here, genuine people who really don't, they're not trying to take advantage of nobody, but you put them through so much. For what? All because you didn't want to deal with your past relationships, your past trauma. That's not okay, y'all. And we have got to stop doing that. Men and women. Ladies, we guilty of it. We will hold someone hostage for what somebody else did. And they're not even the same person. But you know, if you're anything like me, because it used to be a time where if it looked familiar, oh, I was cutting you. Mm -mm. We're not going to even let that go any further. Why? Because I seen this before and I seen what happened to me when I stayed. So I'm not going to do that. And you shouldn't either. Men or women. Anyway, unpacking someone else's baggage. How can you help or point out someone else's issues when your bags are overflowing with dirty laundry? Things that need to be washed. How many of y'all still got dirty clothes in a suitcase from where you took a trip and you know you did not empty that suitcase out and you need to wash them clothes? I don't because that's the first thing I do when I get back home is get the dirty clothes out my suitcase. Why? Because it will begin to stink if you let it sit long enough. Just like some of the stuff in our lives, if you let it sit long enough, it will begin to stink. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy can smell just like anybody else. And he will play on it if you leave a scent for him to, to pick up. Anyway, 
outfits packed, but you did not wear overcompensating for shortcomings. So you've been in a situation. I told y'all about that man I was dealing with that was married, that I knew was married. That's exactly what he did. He overcompensated for his shortcomings. Why? Because he knew he could not give me the things that I really desired from him, but that didn't matter. So he did a, he did a lot of other things to try to make up for where he was short at. Things purchased because you left it at home. You're too distracted, not focused. So a lot of times we have to wind up buying stuff that we already had because we forgot to put it in the suitcase. Too distracted, not focused, like me today. I don't know how I walked out of the house and did not have the bag that had my podcast stuff in it and had to go back home, but made it here in enough time just so that I could talk about this because somebody needed to hear this. And God opened the pathway so I didn't encounter no traffic going or coming. And I got here with minutes to spare as if I was just pulling up to get here. Anyway, so now, how can y'all, this is where it's about to get funny because you know I got jokes too. So now, moving forward. Now, this is just for me. This is not for anybody else. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree. None of that stuff, right? This is just for me. I feel like this next relationship, I'm going to need a deposit. And you're going to be required to have a passport. I know. You really shouldn't be requiring no passport and no deposit. Yeah. Mm. A deposit that's non-refundable. And you better have a passport. Because I'm trying to catch flights. And I still got a few more places that I would like to go to before the year is out. Okay? So if you don't have no money and no passport, this ship. You can't get on. I'm just saying. You're going to sign an NDA. I mean, Lori Harvey does it. I know I ain't got the, the same kind of money she got, but you're going to sign an NDA. Why? Private, practice privacy. Everyone does not need to know our business. Penalties for violating the terms of our agreement slash relationship. So there will be a penalty. I'm just saying, they do it. Why can't we do it? So I'm expecting that you're going to keep our business, our business. And you ain't going to be out here trying to throw me under the bus, gaslighting me. Mm -mm, don't come for me unless I send for you, right? I'm just saying, deposit, passport. NDA sign and these are the, the terms of the agreement here if this is the ship that you want to be on mm -mm. not doing that uh set up a tab or let me write a check mm -mm. no checks bounce words bounce mm -mm. anyway sit down with you to determine what your non-negotiables are the things that are not open 
to discussion or modification. That's what a non-negotiable is. But you got to sit down with you in order to determine what those are. I got a few, y'all. I ain't going to tell y'all what they are. I got a few. But you need to sit down with yourself to come to that conclusion. Deal breakers. That's a factor or issue which unresolved during negotiations would cause one party to withdraw from the deal. Sit down and figure out what them deal breakers are. So now if you sign an NDA with me, if you violate the deal breaker, I'm going to null and void that contract and that agreement with you. Why? It's not valid. And you, it ain't going to hold up nowhere because you broke the deal. You didn't follow the terms. Boundaries. A line that marks the limit of an area. Set healthy boundaries and do not compromise. Too many times I have compromised. Too many times I didn't have healthy boundaries. And what did it get me? It got me nowhere. It got me heartache. It got me pain and none of that other stuff. So at this rate, if a deposit is required, in order for you to get on this ship, then that means you don't get it back and something for my trouble, for wasting my time. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's just me, y'all. Anyway, forgiveness, the art of letting go. You only hold yourself up, not the other person. So when we don't operate in forgiveness, it don't hinder them because have you ever noticed that when you're stuck, they seem to go on with their life like nothing happened. And you stuck. Stay. They done moved on. It's months later. You still stuck. Why? Because you are operating in unforgiveness. Let it go. I didn't say you will forget it. I just said, let it go because that holds you up. And if you want what God has for you, why you won't hold you up? Let it go. Forgiveness is a process. It does not happen overnight. And again, don't hold yourself up holding on to what they did, what they said. And like I said, they done moved on and probably done moved on with Susie that was down the street and around the corner lurking, waiting. And you stuck. So while he done moved on or she done moved on, you stuck. Those are the keys. I don't know how else to put it for you, but I honestly have to tell y'all, I had to really think about that because for years I operated in unforgiveness. I don't know anybody that could hold a grudge longer than me. That's how stubborn I was. Am I still like that? Nah, but I do need time to process depending on the relationship. But forgiveness is an art. 
It's a process. Y'all, don't get hemmed up. Unpack them bags, but allow God to heal you in the areas and the places where you need it at. It won't cost you anything to get the healing you need. Sit with you. Take that time. It's a process. And don't beat yourself up over past mistakes or shoulda, coulda, wouldas. There's a lot of things I shoulda, coulda, woulda and wish I had. But I didn't. And as long as you stay tripped up, guess what? You're going to attract what you are. So the enemy know. Sometimes he know us a little bit better than we know ourselves. And he'll put the thing that you like, whether it, and it be packaged up all pretty for you. And it's toxic. It's waste all because they ain't dealt with stuff. So unpack those bags so that you can move. There isn't any one of us that don't come with some form of flaws, issues, whatever. It's just what you're willing to deal with and what you're not willing to deal with. And that's why you have to sit with yourself. Well, you know, that's all I got for y'all tonight. But before I go, let me have a quick word of prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I come before you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Father God. I thank you for the words that came out of my mouth for someone to hear. Father God, I pray deliverance and healing over the lives and the ears that will hear this word. Father God, I thank you for your son just being selfless. I thank you for the cross, but I thank you that he got up. I thank you for the blood that will cover the minds of your people. Father God, I pray, Father God, that they will begin to seek ye first in your kingdom and your righteousness and everything that they need shall be added unto them. And that they will unpack their bags, Father God, that they will begin to seek you for healing and deliverance in those areas, Father God. And so, Lord, I just thank you, Father God, that we are healthy, we are whole, we are complete. We are not lacking anything because we have you. It's in your son that I pray. Amen. And so, Again, thank you for taking the time to join me. Um, if you have not had an opportunity to get my book, it is on Amazon, Broken, To Be or Not To Be. That is the question. Um, great read. It's tiny. Y'all, I'm coming out with some T-shirts and different things like this. This is one of them. It says, Broken is Beautiful. So each week I'm going to be wearing a T-shirt that I will have at some point. Um, I'm working on trying to finalize some things because I want it to be right before I put it out there. You know, so these are samples. These are my test shirts. Um, but anyway, again, thank you for taking the time to join me. I hope that you all got something out of this. Uh, Join me next week. I don't know what the topic is going to be. But anyway, have a great evening. And love you guys.